Hey everybody, it's Pastor Chris. I just want to say welcome once again and thank you so much for joining us today to worship. I'm so excited that you've chosen to spend the next few minutes with me listening about Jesus. It really is all about Him. No matter what stories we tell and what we share, it really goes back to Him because it is all about Him. And uh, I just pray this week that you've been not getting discouraged, but you've been finding ways to move forward in life and really wrap your arms around what's important. After last week, I've been praying that you find something new new to do and a new way of doing things. I've, I've discovered that when we do the same old things over and over again, fatigue really starts to set in. I'm not just talking about physical fatigue, but I'm talking about mental fatigue. There's a strain that comes on us when we start to do the same thing over and over and there's no end in sight. And as much as some people say they don't like change, it really is healthy. We need some things to break up the routine right now. In fact, living things, they grow and they change. So I know that there is something new that we need to be doing and uh, the forced shutdown orders, the stay-at-home orders, that might be making it seem like this is never going to end right now. But I just want to tell you that this is a season that will pass. Uh, I saw a meme recently. It said, this was an unusual leap year. It had 29 days in February, 300 days in March, and five years in April. So people really are feeling like this is going on forever. And it just is a season. It will pass, but it has been a very long season in some aspects. You know it's been a long time when people begin to say things like, Oh, remember back in the day when we could go to the grocery store with no mask? And they're only talking about a month ago. Or, or it's really messing with them because they're longing for the good old days when gas used to be twice as expensive because it meant they were driving around more. This is really messing with us right now. The quarantine, the stay-at-home stuff we're living under. We're not out of this season yet, but it is passing. We are walking through it. We're not stopping right here. We're continuing to walk through it. And this season will pass. And it started me thinking this week that life really is full of seasons that come and go. Here in Pittsburgh, we live in a place where there are four distinct seasons that happen every year. Winter, spring, summer, and fall come like clockwork. And if you're from Pittsburgh, you really know that there are times when you may experience all four of those seasons in one day. We, we actually have a little season wedged in the middle there called shorts and sweatshirt season. You have to wear both of them to leave the house because you never know how the day is going to turn out. But there are seasons that come and go. And uh, there are sports seasons that come and go. There are some people that are really missing sports more than others, I think that kind of breaks down along gender lines. But sports have a season. They start and they end. Uh, There are many seasons that we go through in our lives. There may be relationships, jobs, places where we live. If you're a parent, can I get an amen on this one? If you're a parent, the end of diaper season is amazing. You get to move on to the kids being potty trained and not having that expense for diapers anymore. There are seasons that come and go. And what we have to remember is that for a new season to begin, an old one has to end. There are things that come to an end, and sometimes the end of seasons are harder than others. There are certain ones that are just harder to grasp, harder to wrap our head around. Uh, I still remember, speaking of seasons ending, I still remember sitting in my living room in 1992 watching the Pirates in Game 7 of the National League Championship Series against the Braves. I remember exactly what was going on when Sid Bream came running around that third base to score 
score to slide into home with the winning run, and the Pirates' season was over. It was a painful end to the season that many people still haven't gotten over. There were 20 years of losing after that, and people still talk about that. It's a painful season that ended. Uh, I can remember a season uh, after I graduated from college, and I was moving out of the house for the first time to move away from home. It was the end of a season, and a new one was getting ready to start, an old one had ended, and it was hard to do. I still remember seeing my dad standing in the driveway looking like he was about to burst into tears as I pulled out of the driveway to leave. And it wasn't just because I had my car loaded with as much stuff from his house as I could carry. Uh, there really was a painful ending to a season that was happening and a new one was beginning in a different sense. We had a pool at our old house and I remember I always used to tell Pam that the saddest day of the year was the day that we had to close the pool because it meant one season was ending and there was another season about to begin and we wouldn't get to use the pool anymore. And every time I would tell her that, she would say, get a grip, Chris. <laughs> you need a reality check that there are more important things in life going on. And, and I do know that she is right about that. There are very real seasons that are painful for people sometimes when they come to an end. Uh, there are times when people may get divorced and that is the very real end of a season. You may get fired or laid off from a job. Uh, you may move away from home and it really is the end of a season and the start of another one that's hard to process. And there are times when people really do pass away and it is the end of a season. There's a life that comes to a close. And those are very real things that are hard to grasp, hard to wrap our heads around sometimes, and they are difficult. Uh, you might be excited about the prospect of this season ending, of the stay-at-home order being lifted, the quarantine being done so we can get out and about of our houses. Sometimes, even in our excitement, we need to stop and process the end of things. What is happening in the end of a season, the close that it's coming to, that we need to grasp before we just move on with our lives? Uh, there are some very real things that have ended right now. Uh, public interactions may never be the same. The economy may take a long time to recover. There are things that are going to be different going forward because a season has come upon us that has changed some things. And what happens if we're not careful we begin to only evaluate things from our limited here and now perspective. What we see in the natural and only what's going on around us. And when we do that, if we fall into that trap of only looking at it in our limited perspective, we begin to get sad or discouraged or despairing or angry about the end of the seasons. And the reality is that God doesn't view seasons that way. He doesn't think about things the same way we do. He doesn't look at them. He has an eternal perspective. He has a longer range plan that he's working on than any of us can fathom. It's beyond what we can understand. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 8, he reminded us of this statement. I don't think the way you think the way you work isn't the way I work. He's always up to something bigger than what we can fathom, than what we're walking through right in this limited moment. He has longer plans for us in mind, and we need to be eternally minded like he is. There are some very real things right now that have ended that may never go back to the way things used to be. And sometimes the end of those things even does feel like something has died. And I'm not talking about just physical death, although that is a part of the seasons of life. I'm talking when things end and they seem like they are hopeless or there's no chance of them ever coming back or moving forward. They're just dead. 
And in every season, we need to remember this, in every season that comes and goes, even when it feels like that, like something has died, God will use that season to produce something in us and to produce something for us. Uh, This is a hard truth to grasp, but it really should be encouraging to us that death is sometimes part of the process. In moving us from where we are to where God wants us to be, uh, not just physical death again, but that death, the ending of things, the things being done and left in the past, that really is part of the process that God moves us through to get us where he wants us to be. When Jesus, uh, before he went to the cross, and he was trying to explain to his disciples what was about to happen and why he was doing what he was doing, he made this statement to them in John chapter 12. In verse 24, he said, Let me make this clear. A single grain of wheat will never be more than a single grain of wheat unless it drops into the ground and dies. Because then it sprouts and produces a great harvest of wheat, all because one grain died. Come on, in their limited thinking, they never wanted Jesus to die. They didn't want him to go away. They didn't want the season of how they were interacting and relating to him to end. They thought it would be great for it to be like that forever. Jesus is right here with us. And what Jesus was telling them in that verse is, the life that I want you to have, is only possible through my death. There is a season that has to end so that a new one can begin. The Aramaic translation of that verse actually says, if the seed dies, it brings forth a great rebirth. Jesus saw beyond the cross. He was seeing thousands and millions and countless multitudes of people that would come to know him and follow him And all he was seeing was the joy set before him. And it enabled him to walk through even death to get to the other side, to get to that season where he would have followers beyond counting. And uh, he was trying to tell the disciples, don't be short-sighted and want to stay in the current season. If Jesus had never embraced death, if he had never walked through that, the church wouldn't exist. We wouldn't have the relationship with God that we have if that season had never ended. I imagine I would have been just like one of the disciples. Don't go, Jesus. Don't You don't have to die. Stay here with us. But it really was for our benefit that that season ended. He tasted death and then a new rebirth came out of it. Uh, If we're willing to see it, if we're willing to look for it, oftentimes the things that we think are sad and disappointing endings are just a door opening to the better things that God has for us. That He's making a way to move something out so that He can move something better into our lives. He is all about restoration and increase and expansion and multiplication and blessing and life. That's who God is and that's what He's all about. He wants those things in our lives. And what happens We get a little worked up about it because the path to get those things into our life and go to where God wants us to go, it's not always a straight line. It's sometimes it's, it goes up and it goes back a little bit. It goes forward, it goes backwards. And sometimes our problem is that we see setbacks and endings as a threat to his plan instead of things that he can use to produce his plan. When we experience the end of a season, we need to be looking for where's the new season? What's the, what's the new, improved, and better that you want to bring in my life, God? What are you trying to produce that that season had to end? When we know Jesus, the end is never the end. 
That's a truth you need to get a hold of right now, right wherever you're watching. When we know Jesus, the end is never the end. And that includes physical death and and the eternal life that he has promised us with him forever. When we know Jesus, the end is never the end. And I want to give you a quick example from scripture this morning uh, of this principle. There was a prophet in the Old Testament named Ezekiel. And Ezekiel was a prophet to God's people while they were living in exile. They had been driven out of their own land. They had been carried off into captivity. And uh, they were living in another country at the time. And Ezekiel got a call to be a prophet. That wasn't exactly the time you would have been excited about going into ministry. Their season of being a free people and living in their own land had ended. And they were in a new place that looked like it wasn't producing anything. And Ezekiel, right there in that place, he got a call from God to be a prophet. It doesn't say what he did uh, before he became a prophet. It's most likely that he was a priest in Jerusalem serving in the temple. But it's doubtful that we would have ever heard of him if that season hadn't ended for God's people, if they hadn't been carried off into captivity. And Ezekiel said yes to the Lord. He didn't get stuck in looking back at the old season and saying, I want to go back to the way things used to be. Uh, He saw what was new. In fact, if you read the book of Ezekiel, chapter 1 starts off with Ezekiel saying, I was by the river and I had visions of God. He wasn't looking at the old life. He was looking for God. What are you doing right now? And God met him in that place and began to show him some things. He saw what God was going to do next and what was coming. And one of his most famous visions is recorded in Ezekiel chapter 37. You can go back later and read the entire story. It's pretty amazing. But God carried him and showed him a valley full of bones. He he took him to a place where a bunch of people had died. A season had ended, for sure. He showed him a bunch of bones, and it says in Scripture that they were completely dried out. In other words, they had died a long time ago. The bones had been there a while. And there may be things in our lives that the season has recently ended, and we're wondering what's it going to look like, how are we ever going to go back, or how can we move forward to a new place. But there may also be something in your life that seems like it died a long time ago. Like it's just been laying around. Uh, It could be something even as simple as your energy or your passion for life. Where has it gone? Maybe it looks like a valley of dry bones right now. You haven't even thought about that dream or that thing for a long time. And it's just been laying there dead. And if we're honest, we've all probably got a bunch of dry bones laying around in our life somewhere that need God to do something about them. A season ended, and we need to see what's next. We're looking for life. And so he showed Ezekiel this valley of dry bones. And then he questions Ezekiel. This is what he asked him in Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 3. It says, he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? He's asking him, look at those dry bones that have been laying there forever. Can they come back to life? And Ezekiel's answer to God, he says, Oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. That's fancy talk for saying that Ezekiel said, God, I have no clue. I'm looking at this and it looks like a pile of bones. I don't see how any life could come out of this. God, you're the only one that knows the answer to that question. Why are you even asking me? That's how I picture the attitude that Ezekiel had when he was answering the Lord. Do you know, it's okay to tell God that. It's okay to have conversations with the Lord about seasons that have ended and you're wondering what's going on here. Is this ever going to come back to life? It's okay to say, God, 
tell me the answer. You're the only one that knows about this. And so he tells the Lord, you're the only one that knows. And this is what God replied to him. You can have that conversation with God. You're the only one that knows. Just be open to his answer when he begins to respond. In Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 4, it says, God said to Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Ezekiel's saying, God, you're the only one that knows. And instead of saying, okay, I know Ezekiel, I'll do something about it. God tells Ezekiel to take action. He tells him to do something. Too often, when things end in our lives, when a season passes, we sit there and just say, God, will you do something about this? Come make this happen. God, change the circumstance. Send me a check in the mail. Whatever it is that we're telling the Lord, we're sitting there pointing our finger at Him saying, God, you need to do something. And the whole time, God may be saying to us, you need to get up and do something right now. And that's exactly what he said to Ezekiel. Ezekiel, this is what I want you to do about this situation. God told Ezekiel to say, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. The remedy was to speak the word of the Lord over the situation. And I'm reading that verse and I'm thinking, what does that mean? And to speak the word of the Lord over the situation, well, to start with, it probably means that we need to change the way that we're talking about our circumstances and the way that we're speaking about what's going on in the world right now. Do you know that our complaining and our moaning about situations won't change them? In fact, uh, I think when we complain, it empowers situations to stay exactly the way they are. When we just sit back and we complain about it, nothing ever changes. But what happens, when we begin to speak the promises of God over our lives things begin to stir. There's a change that comes. God was saying, hey, the way you're talking isn't good. You need to come into agreement with what I'm saying over your life. And that's that's a lesson we all need to learn, to begin to speak over ourselves what God says about us. In Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 10, Ezekiel took God's command to heart. And it says this, he says, so I prophesied as he commanded me, And breath entered them. They came to life and they stood up on their feet, a vast army. The dry bones all came together. Skin came back on a muscle. Breath entered into their lungs. And they stood up and lived again. They became a vast army. And we get all excited about this story. We're like, yes, God, the dry bones are coming back to life. And we forget sometimes that in order for those dry bones to come back to life, a whole lot of people had to die for the valley to be full of dry bones. A bunch of people had to meet their end or a season had to pass in order for there to be dry bones that could even be raised up to be a vast army. Sometimes for there to be great restoration, by definition, it means there had to be a great loss first. If you've been in a place where you're feeling like there's been a great loss in your life or even this current situation that's going on is weighing you down, I want you to have hope. Be imparted with hope this morning that there is something coming that God can restore even in areas where there's been great loss. That's just who he is and what he does. And what's amazing to me, it doesn't say that the bones were a great army beforehand. The dry bones that were there in the valley, they could have just been a whole group of people that that got uh, that died there or they got killed by another army. It doesn't say they were an army. But when God got involved they became something greater than what they even were before. And I think that speaks to me that we can only accomplish so much in our own strength. 
And at the end of the day, when that season ends, we're left with a pile of dry bones laying around. But when we begin to speak what God says over our lives, He begins to breathe upon our lives. And even things that have seemed dead, or even seasons that seem like they have ended and there's no hope for the future, they become back to life. And they are even better than they were before. And God, He goes on to tell Ezekiel, Hey, here's what you were doing when you were speaking over the dry bones, when you were prophesying life to those things. In Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 11, God tells Ezekiel that the bones represented Ezekiel's people. It says this, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. And they have said, Our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off. How many people do you know that are saying things like that right now? They might not be using those exact words, but they're saying there's no hope for us. We're cut off. I don't see how we'll ever get out of this. It'll never be good again. And let's not join in in saying those things. We carry a message of hope and optimism. People are looking at us to see what we're going to say as Christ followers. And we need to say, just like I said earlier, the end is never the end. There may be seasons that come and go, but there is always a hope and a future that God has for us. And it will be better than the seasons that we're leaving behind. In fact, in God's economy, I believe the restoration is always better than what we had before, than what was lost. Come on, Job wouldn't have gotten twice as much restored to him if he hadn't lost everything that he had. Peter wouldn't have gotten reinstated and and been a great apostle to start the early church if he hadn't denied Jesus and felt like he lost that relationship. Come on, Lazarus. Man, Lazarus had to die in order to be resurrected. It was an amazing testimony. In fact, uh, Lazarus was such a great witness for Jesus after he raised from the dead. We don't remember this all the time, but in John chapter 12 and verse 10, it says the same people that plotted to kill Jesus actually plotted to kill Lazarus as well because he had caused so many people to follow Jesus after he came out of the grave and was resurrected by Jesus. The end of things are always better. The next season is always better than what we've left behind. The entire world was evangelized because of the persecution that broke out against the early church. They may have thought, oh no, this season is ending. We all had to flee from Jerusalem. But they went throughout the world. God initiated a new season that caused the church to spread. We wouldn't have been in a position to receive abundant life from Jesus if we hadn't first been dead in our sin. There's always something better ahead of us in a new season. And the end of things can be difficult to process sometimes. But we need to be stirred to look and to expect new and better things. What's next? What's new? What's better that you have for us, God? God, you promised you're a God that takes us from glory to glory. Ever increasing is your plan for us. Lord, when I get to the end of a season, help me not to be in a place of discouragement or despair, but let me lift my eyes and look to see what you're doing, what's coming down the pike, what's next for me and the people around me. That leads me to our action item for this week. I want to encourage you, take some time this week to speak life to something. And I don't know what that situation may be for you. It could be a relationship, a job, your finances. I don't know what it is. It'll be different for everybody. But I think one of the things I'm going to pray about, it may be a situation that you found yourself complaining about a lot recently. We've been sitting back and looking at it thinking, that'll never change. Oh, this is hopeless. I'm just going to sit and complain about it. If, if you've found a situation that you're complaining about a lot, 
That's the one that we need to speak life over this week. So I encourage you, just begin to speak the promises of God. Begin to speak life and hope and restoration and, and reconciliation over those things that have seemed dead because a season has ended in your life. And I want to take a moment to say when somebody believes in Jesus for the first time and, and an old season ends, they start a relationship with Jesus. The Bible uses the term born again. And it really is because we receive a new life from Jesus the moment we believe in Him. And if you've never started a relationship with Jesus before, this is a great day to do that. You can have a new season start right now in your life. And it's as simple as saying, Lord, I believe that you went to the cross for me. That I was running my own life, I was making my own decisions, and it's not working. I am dead in my sins, and I need you to bring life to me. And when you do that, the moment you believe... It says in the Bible that you are born again, that you are saved. And if you've never done that before, I encourage you, do that right now, right where you are. But just let it be between you and God. But then let us know. We'd love to hear uh, from you if you've started a relationship with Jesus today. And for the rest of us, uh, that maybe we're in a place where we already know Jesus, but we're getting mired down and bogged down by the end of a season and it's really affecting us, I encourage you, speak life this week. Begin to change the way we talk and speak over our circumstances. I want to pray for you and then tell you a couple things that are going to happen uh, coming up. But uh, right now, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you that no matter what season we walk through, no matter how difficult it may seem, how hard it may be to process, how much it may hurt sometimes, that you are right there with us walking through it. And God, I thank you that you take all things and work them together for our good. Whatever we happen to be walking through, whatever season has ended, whatever new one is coming along, you are going to use it to produce something good in our lives and on our behalf. God, we trust you in that process. And we ask that you would begin to help us to see things from your perspective. Lord, let us get our eyes off the things that aren't working well. Or let us not be moved by seeing a big pile of dead bones and thinking there's no way that could ever happen. Let us see things from your perspective and begin to come into agreement with you and speak the same things that you speak. I thank you for the promises of God that are in Scripture that are ours. The yes and amen promises that you've given us that we can speak over our lives. God, I ask right now that as every person uh, listening to me as they begin to be stirred with a message of life and hope to speak over themselves. Uh, Lord, give us the strength to begin to do that and the eyes to see it happen. And Lord, let us have a testimony to share with others of your goodness and your grace that can overcome the end of any season. Lord, I just bless your people right now. I just thank you for your great love for us. Lord, we say we love you. Thank you for your hand upon us for good. Bless us indeed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to worship again for just a few minutes. But first, I just want to tell you, next week, May 10th, we're going to have an online service again. We're going to be meeting in this format. But Sunday afternoon, we're going to have a special live stream event that you won't want to miss. We're going to send more details and communicate it this week, but be ready for that. And, and thank you for not complaining about another week of online services. Thank you for speaking life and coming into agreement with us about it.
But I just want to say, God bless you guys. Thanks for listening today. I I really miss you. I'm ready to preach to real live people in the room instead of a camera again. But thank God that we've still been able to meet this way. God is faithful. Even virtual meetings, when we're gathered together in his name, he's right here with us. So thanks for listening. God bless you guys. I look forward to seeing you soon.